I think it's going to rain and it's going to stop. This is I Am a Griefist, a childhood cancer grief journey podcast. Are you scared? Is that why you don't want to say? No. Well, no. Scared. You don't want to offend anybody. Offend. Just leave names out. Nobody will know. (laughs) So. Let's go. So. My personal no. (laughs) For that. This is the episode we've been talking about. We've been saying we were going to do for a very long time. Well, we shouldn't really be excited about right, it. Right, but it's almost <laughs> like you're bashing people. This is an episode to expose the reality of what you think you might be saying and how it could be received, not being the same thing. So, <laughs> finally. Well, I mean, it's good that you said it that way because I feel like is it, you know, dumb stuff people say or is it difficult things for us to hear? No, it's dumb <laughs> shit that people are saying 100%. But they, I, again, I don't think they realize what they're saying. I think because they don't know what to say. And so whatever well, comes out is stupid. Issues, yeah, right. Is nobody knows what to say. That's it. I think that's it, though. They don't know what to say. And instead of saying nothing. It really is better if you just don't say anything. Like if you just listen, I think that would be a better approach. Well, we can talk about that and why that's sort of an encouragement. (laughs) I have a few. Mom says she has a few. We might have the same one. That's what I'm saying. But it's okay because we could talk about it no matter what. I want to save that one for the end, though. You know which one. Okay. So do you want to go first? Sure. When she was originally diagnosed with cancer, somebody said to me, God has a plan. God has a plan for you. In what world does it make sense that the plan that he has for me includes having my four-year-old granddaughter have cancer? How does that make sense? Yes. (laughs) It's supposed to be like, it's, and I think there was another thing added to it, like, you're supposed to learn something. Fuck that. Oh, oh, please. (laughs) So... So this is, I think, what altered my thinking about religion, too, is when people would justify or they would make some reason. There was some logical reason for this, but it fed into religion. And that, to me, was a bunch of fucking horseshit. Like, no, you can't sit there and tell me that this was somebody's, a great being, somebody's plan that this kid was going to suffer here on Earth. Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. Go ahead. (laughs) Well, I would say that there is also that concept of a pre-plan before you come to Earth, right? So, like, everybody kind of believes, like, once you're here on Earth, like, I want to say a lot of religions, it's like, once you're here on Earth and you die, then you go to heaven. But where were you before you were here on Earth? You know what I mean? Didn't it start somewhere? Or are they is, are they implying that it started here once you were born and there was nothing before that? And then after that, then you go somewhere? But what I'm saying is, referring to what you were saying, the pre-plan is almost like where you were beforehand and not necessarily that a god created the plan, but that you created a plan with your group of people that you were coming to earth with on your own. be honest, I understand what Jess is saying. It's a spirituality. It is a spirituality and we weren't there yet. I wasn't there. It was when she no. first got diagnosed. So I was still Catholicism and this person. And I want to say at that time too that you were really angry at I, God. Yes. Yeah. 
Yes. So I well, was because it almost doesn't make too. sense. How could a loving God create that's such, where I was? Yeah. Such heartache for you if mm-hmm. He loves you. That's you know. That's exactly what it is. What she said made me feel like it was my fault because it was about me. If God had a plan for me, this is about me. I was angry at the fact that my God would do that to teach me a lesson mm. that made no sense to me. So and I would agree that is, that doesn't make any sense. No. So I remembered because she wanted to keep on talking. She's a very religious person. She totally believes in her faith and I and I love her. But I told her to stop talking. Stop talking <laughs> now. And later on, I told her, as a matter of fact, Facebook reminded me that it, there was an anniversary because I had posted it on Facebook that I had actually talked to her and said, when you said that to me, I wanted to punch you in the face mm. five times. <laughs> And <laughs> I don't know why that's funny. It's very specific. It's very specific. Five now. times. It's what? very now. Because I found a little like meme thing that says, you know, sometimes I look at you and I'm, you can see the calmness in my face, but in my mind, I punched you in the face five or times. Or I've murdered you. Yeah, I've seen so, that one yeah. too. Yeah. So I posted that meme also. So that's why I say five oh. times. But, and I told her <laughs> that afterwards, at that moment, I couldn't hear it. But afterwards, I felt like, because I felt like I was not important at that moment at all. This is, it wasn't about me. And if it is about me, this is like the most ridiculous thing that, you know, can happen. God would not do that. That's ridiculous. And if he did, I hate him. But afterwards, I thought, oh my gosh, so I am an important person still. And because I I felt like I was nothing. Mm. Because if this is happening to me, it's like, it's not about me. Why is this happening to me and my family? It's I didn't, we didn't, she certainly didn't. So it's almost like you're saying that you felt the responsibility of causing this pain to everybody involved. And somebody saying that made me feel like it was my fault. Mm. It did. So I know that that's not what they were trying to say. Like I said, afterwards, I felt like, okay, well, it still means that God is a part of my life. He's still there, but it didn't help me at the moment. But like I said, afterwards, I want to say she relapsed so many times. I was able to talk to her and tell her, but I did tell her just to stop talking. I didn't say anything more than that. Just stop talking. That's my favorite thing to say (laughs) when I'm super mad and I'm, I just say, stop talking. Just stop talking. Oh, well, I can see why that one would get you upset. It had some undertones in it that she probably had no idea. No. That. Right. But the intention, I'm sure, was not to be hurtful. No. No, and I understand it. But I think when people say certain things, they're not thinking they're going to hurt you. They're thinking that they're going to give you some kind of supports. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Reassurance. But I mean, the reality, too, is how many times have we said things to each other or other people that I'm sure has probably hurt them and it wasn't our intention. You right. Know? Oh, a ton. A ton. That specific thing, though, reminds me of Collateral Beauty. And when he's on the subway talking to death, again, if you haven't watched it, go watch it because I don't want to spoil it. So he goes through all of the phrases, all of the descriptors for your experience with grief. You know, he's crying heavily and he's like, you know, I hate it when they do this or when they reference this. And one of them was God picked the most beautiful flower for himself. And that reminded me of that too. And he's just like, but she's not here holding my fucking hand, you know, like, fuck you guys. This is as much as you guys want to believe that this is a greater plan from God, a greater something in religion, though, he brings it back to reality. And this is why I love this movie so much. And he's like, no, that's not what we're that's not how this goes this is i know you have this faith i know you have you believe this but in reality this is something we can't grasp onto it's just something indescribable it's like it doesn't change my pain 
No, at all. It's something so, like, I don't even have the words for it, but it's it's something so traumatic that you can't explain a lot of that away. There's no justification. There's no explanation for the why. Mm -hmm. And I think that's part of it too. But, and and the people that want to go why go into their religious faith. And I'm just not about that life. So the other thing that people said that goes along with what you said is God needed her more. Yeah, what the fuck? No. What is that? What is that? No. 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 She's four. Yeah. Need her for what? Right. (laughs) What could she do it for? I could do more stuff. (laughs) I'm not that smart, but I can Google it. That's what I do now. You're pretty smart. (laughs) All right. That was a good one. I mean, it wasn't a good one. A good example. Mm -hmm. And I know that's, you know, their intent is to, like, give you some peace, I guess. But that did nothing to give me any kind of peace. Yeah. On to the next one. So there was a coworker that I had back in the day that asked me, is it better to know that she's going to die than to not know? (laughs) Mom's laughing. (laughs) What are your guys' thoughts about that before I share my opinion? (laughs) Is it better to know that she's going to die or to not know? Is that like sort of comparison as like you were diagnosed with cancer versus you were in a car accident and your child was taken away? Mm-hmm. Is that what it is? You know what? That mm-hmm. I, I get it. I get it. What you don't get is you're watching your child die slowly. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. I think each each has its <laughs> each has its. Well, that's cons. Yeah. And I'll say, I was going to say pros and cons, but yeah, let's go with cons. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. That's, that's awful. I went to a grief group and one of the persons said, because their child actually died in a traffic accident that was alcohol related. And she was uh, saying how her pain because she lost her teenage son and all this stuff. And then she heard my story and said, oh my gosh, you know, yours is worse than mine. And I'm like, I didn't come here for that. I didn't come here to hear that mine is the worst pain that there is with a group of people that lost their children. Yeah. I I get it. I mean, that's why I'm here to get help, but you're not helping. (laughs) I already know that. I I already know it's the worst. I think, too, it's almost like we had the opportunity to spend time with her knowing what the situation was. But we also had the opportunity to experience the loss before the loss to yes, experience the it. grief before the actual passing yes. or however it is that you want to say it but my it, grief started when she got diagnosed with cancer that's when it started for me right it feels like you have this big life blow as soon as yeah. diagnosis and then everything's crazy after that but you still do have that opportunity to say i know what's happening and i have the choice to enjoy things right now if i can whereas if it was sudden you don't have anything. It just, it happens and you have to figure it out. Yes. I'm in agreement with both of you. When this actually happened, I was like, what do you mean? (laughs) Neither are good. You know, I don't want to know that this person that I love so much is, is going to be leaving me soon. There's minimal time. And on the other spectrum, if she were to be taken suddenly, that's also not something I would choose either. Like, I don't want either of them. But like what Jess said, I feel like it is maybe a gift to know that she is going to pass and you know this is going to happen and you can do things to live out the rest of her life with her, spend time, give, you know, give her love, show her a great life while she has it. 
but it also means that you don't know when that last day is going to come. And so for me, it was, it heightened my anxiety because it was like, well, when is it going to happen? Is it going to be today? Okay, no. But like you're constantly living on the edge of, you know, it's coming, but it's, it's when is it going to come? You know, so right. it's, but, but, but on top that of that. But is the reality for everybody in general too, though? We all know that eventually it's coming. Yes. And so that feeds into one part of it where. No, but everybody's lives, not just her yeah. specifically. You right. Know? Like so yours. every day, like people say this all the time, but you should be living your life as if it's the last day, right? Or, mm-hmm. you know, live your life to the fullest every day because you don't know when it's going to be your last day. But what they don't, I don't think, realize is with this specific situation, with our specific situation, we watched her die. We watched her suffer. We watched her deteriorate in front of us. That's not a life to live either. That's not, you know, like, so In if you're asking me if I had a choice, I would choose neither. <laughs> so, But I was like, what, what the fuck are you talking about right now? Is it a choice? Great. But I, I think what this person wanted to, you know, put in perspective is you have an opportunity to do things before she passes versus if she was taken unexpectedly, you could have more regret or you could live with these feelings of guilt because you didn't do these things or say these things while this person was alive. So while I understand where she's coming from, it still really pissed me off. I was like, what do you mean? This is a stupid question. I would choose neither. But I think in the, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it was like, oh, okay, I kind of understand why she would say what she said. Yeah. Any other thoughts? No, I think you're right. right. (laughs) It's kind of like, do you want to eat crap or crap with flies? (laughs) Let me think. Whoa. (laughs) That's an interesting analogy. Thanks, Jess. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, Mom, do you another one? Yes. Okay. Um, someone asked, would you rather she would have never been born? Or what? Who would have said who said that? <laughs> Names. They were because I was so angry about everything and they knew I was angry about the fact that she had gotten cancer and we were living with her. That was what it was said. Yeah. Hmm. Would would have been better for you if she would have never been born. And I thought so, how ridiculous is that? But at the surface, she, it's a it's a horrible question. <laughs> But if you think about that's it, that's what she wanted. <laughs> that's what he wanted me to do is think. He about wanted it. you to go into deep thought, but like, what a blow to the face! Right. Like, like a slap in the face yes, with that yes. question. What the fuck? Who are you, bro? And I, so, and at the time, I remember that she had suffered a lot from the moment she was born. Yeah. And so I thought, I don't want her in this world. She from the get go was suffering. And the way Will's tumor works is... In utero. In utero. So she was probably suffering with pain that we didn't even know all the time. Mm -hmm. So no, I don't want her coming into this world with cancer. It's like we choose joy, right? Just cut out all the crappy stuff. That's what we choose. (laughs) Don't give me choices that are all cruddy. Yeah. If I had a choice of do you want her to be born healthy or do you want her to be born at all? That didn't even make any sense. I I didn't. I understand what he was trying to say. But at the time, I'm like, no, I didn't want her to be here suffering from the moment she was born because that's what I felt had happened was happening with her so and now I think my life is where would it be without her right now I mean if I would have never have known her if we would never have had her we wouldn't have been here yeah forever changed that's a tough one but for the better is the the bigger question right were we changed for the better who who knows (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Who knows? But you know that they, there used to be a time that if you were getting ready to have a child, they'd be able to test so that you can make a decision whether to have this child or not. And if it was going to be born, you know, with defects, basically. Mm -hmm. And I remember having a conversation with my husband about that because when we got together, I wanted to have more children. I wanted to have a dozen kids. Yikes. <laughs> and I only had like three. <laughs> but save um, the best for last. <laughs> Oops. But he, Sorry, said, <laughs> not but he said there's this there's no way that we need to start at our age to have more children. It's just it isn't fair to the child at the age yeah. that we got together. So it wasn't really an option, but I was still looking into it. And I thought that was before I started having grandkids though. I mean, I know that there are people that have children that have defects and just adore them and love them and of course if i wouldn't have had a choice of this test to see but would i choose to have a child like that to suffer no yeah you're saying in the cancer part that you would you choose a life of suffering for your child yeah and you're saying no wow how do you feel about that jeff the honest truth is nobody wants their child to suffer period i mean it's painful for them it's like it can't be doubly painful, but it feels like it's doubly painful for the parent, you know, because mm -hmm. you're experiencing your own pain plus their pain as well. But of course, I think it goes back to, well, why are we here? Are we supposed to be experiencing difficult times for a bigger purpose? Are we supposed to be experiencing painful experiences for a bigger purpose? Why are we here? How's that going for you figuring that out? Figuring it out? Yeah. Why are we here? I feel like it's going okay. <laughs> Do you feel like you know what your purpose is? My life purpose? Sure, whatever you speak of. I mean, I think so. <laughs> I, I can't say that I have it 100% right, but I feel like it gives me motivation to do well for my daughter. Mm -hmm. Like to honor her? To honor her in a way, yes, but it, I feel like it goes back to like deeper stuff, which is, you know, why are we here? And for me, it's like, well, if I came here to learn like the difficult stuff, then dang it, I'm going to learn it so that I don't have to come back and learn it again. You know, mm. like I want to get this done. Like, okay, Jessica, A plus, you pass, keep it moving. You know, mm. not like, hey, you didn't do what you were supposed to do. So try it again. No. So talking on that, and I know we're, talking about some of the stuff that people said to us. But one of the things that somebody said to me is you have to keep in mind that she chose you to be her grandmother. And it made me start thinking about because of the life plan, we were already in mm, that process mm -hmm. of the spirituality part instead of the religious part. And it made me think about that. And it really did make me feel like, well, this is why I'm here. The mm. my life purpose was to be the grandmother in helping her mom, her brother, her in this process. And I thought there's so many things that put us right here that this is the role I was supposed to have with her. Mm. Not the mother role, not the brother role. I was supposed to be the grandmother to help. And all these things came into play so that we can help big. Because really, you know, if it would have happened at a different time period in my life, it would have been harder to help. Mm. So that's interesting. But it's one of the things that's hard to accept, too, because it's almost like that concept is things happen the way that they're supposed to happen, you know? <laughs> right. And so that's what I'm saying. It's, it's a difficult thing to rationalize rationalize. But then, you know, like I've said, there's been plenty of times that I've seen or heard of, you know, something happening to someone and by all means they should have passed away like mm -hmm. this should have mm -hmm. killed them you yeah. know a hundred different ways and for some miraculous reason they survived 
And then you have the same situation where in a hundred ways, this person should have lived. Like they had every opportunity and everything there where something happened and it was like a freak accident, but Mm -hmm. they should have lived and they didn't. So for me, it was just like, well, the way that I guess my brain rationalizes it is that's the way that it was supposed to happen. Because if it didn't happen that way, it would have happened some other way, but that's what was supposed to happen. Mm. Because to me, it doesn't make sense. That, you know, so many things can happen right for one person Mm -hmm. and so many things can happen wrong for another. And they're both good people, you know. So I don't know. Yeah. Any any other thoughts about that before we go on to the next one? No. Okay. So one of the bigger things that I think is on my list was when one of our relatives, they had a daughter and that daughter was sick one day. Like she was coughing really bad, probably had a bad cold and they were laughing because she was coughing so hard and said oh my god it sounds like she has lung cancer okay so why i wanted to bring this one up specifically is because like in that moment i probably gave her the fattiest sting eye ever right like this is your one of your relatives too i think this was might have been after the baby had passed and so it was like i know that you're part of this family too like how does this not affect you as much as like it affects me that you don't fucking joke about that shit period and that's what brings me to like if you ever watched that show on mtv catfish There's a lot of people that use cancer as an excuse for things, like for hiding information, for ghosting people. That fucking pisses me off. I'm like, you don't joke about that. You don't compare to that unless you have a personal experience with it and you can speak to it. These people that go, oh, they haven't been in touch with me. They've ghosted me, but they said they're treating their brother with cancer. They're helping their brother with cancer or they themselves are going through treatments. And then it's just somebody that just doesn't want to do video calls or something, but they're using cancer as an excuse. Like you don't do that. And for me, when I see that on TV or I see that and I hear fucking in person and even relatives saying it, the fuck? I don't know. I mean, yes, I understand completely what you're saying because you have the perspective to understand how heavy that really can be. Yes. You know, you've experienced it. Yes. But I know that I've said dumb stuff before, you know, and not even realized it. Like I've done stuff where I'm just like, oh, shoot me, you know, but like, <laughs> but like that's got to do something to somebody who's has a family member who was killed by gunshot 100%. or suicide. 100%. You know what I mean? I think I cut a portion of one of the earlier episodes because I had said something like that. I was like, wow, that was probably really insensitive to somebody who may have experienced that. So I get it. Right. But I mean, across the board, I feel like you can't truly recognize it until you've experienced it. And then once you experience it, it's heavy, you know, yeah. and you can't unexperience it. So you every time it comes up, it's heavy. Yeah. But it's like for somebody who hasn't, it's just an automatic recognition. Oh, they clearly haven't experienced it because they wouldn't say that. Make those jokes. Yeah, they wouldn't, they wouldn't do that. And it's still stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like you said, I'm super overly sensitive to it too. And people don't realize like how traumatic it was. And they're not going to unless they've been through it. Like you're not going to sit in my shoes. Like I completely understand that. You're not going to know how I truly feel about something because you weren't there. You weren't in my shoes to watch and experience and do whatever. But anytime that like somebody wants to mention it or do a comparison to it, I'm like all over them. I'm like, don't do this. (laughs) Please don't say this out loud or say this to somebody you because it might be hurtful to them yeah. and because and, i felt that hurt right so i'm like and so you say don't. that you're like hey when you did that it like really hurt me yeah yeah. Well, not that specific moment, but like one of my friends had said something about comparing coronavirus to cancer and she apologized. She was like, 
you know, I'm sorry if I offended you. I didn't mean to, but I was like, just don't do this. <laughs> just stop just talking. Stop, just stop, stop talking. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I tell you. I had made that analogy because I saw it a lot in that catfishing thing too. And I was just like, people really shouldn't do that. No. They, should, they just really shouldn't try to make that an excuse and make that an easy out for somebody. There's nothing easy about it, right? So fucking make up your own excuse why you don't want somebody to see you, but don't use cancer to do it. God damn it. Okay. Any other thoughts about that one before we move on? Mm-mm. Okay. I think it's over to you. Me? Uh-huh. So we're going to talk about that, that one that they said. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so we're in a group setting and they bring in like It a, was a bereavement group. A bereavement so this was after group. she had passed. It was an oncology kid group, right? Yes. And they bring in a couple of guest people because I think one was a counselor and then the person that actually had lost a job. I think she also worked in the health field. So she's going on and on. And I think it's I always enjoyed when somebody else would come in and, you know, tell their story. And she had a story because she had lost a child. But she also said it's time to get over it. Oh, and I thought. Get over what? <laughs> She's gone. She's not coming back. So get over what? Yeah. It. I was so mad. And it, I felt like we actually had a discussion about <laughs> to the point of they actually made a comment like, oh, look at you getting all the attention or trying to get all the attention. What? Yeah. I don't remember any of that. No, I think because everybody was pissed and I don't know how to shut up. <laughs> and nobody Oops. said stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so so that particular one was on my list too because it was a pretty significant one. I want to say it was pretty early on in the like the grief journey, not while she was alive, but after she had passed. And like mom said, when there was someone new in the group, it was painful, but it was also like a new shared experience that we can share our deep deepest, darkest thoughts about this process. And you're in a like community, right? You, you're you like-minded people and like experienced people of what the cancer journey is about and your loss of a child through cancer. So when she came in, I think you were right. I think there was some health background. I was like, oh, she brings another perspective on top of that because she was in the medical field or in the healthcare industry. And so it was just an added layer of, okay, how have you been able to manage throughout this process? And so when she came in and she was sharing her story, it took a turn real quick because <laughs> she was like, almost like you guys should be in a different place right now and you're not. And I almost felt like that judgment of you're not doing this right or you're not grieving right. And I think that's where I was like pissed off. And I think I said this earlier in one of the episodes where if if my mouth's not talking, my face is, you can see what I'm saying through my yes. facial expression. You know what's co- going to come out soon because my face is making a whole bunch of movements mm-hmm. and I need to, you know, say something. But do you remember that? So that's what I was trying to ask. Was I there? I, yeah. think I think you were. Yeah. I think but you she were. wasn't speaking specifically to you. She was speaking no, to the group. No, no, she was just speaking out. And for me, the perspective of, I can't remember if she had like five years after the yeah, her child was, had passed yeah. or 10 years. And I thought, okay, let's see what she's done, mm-hmm. you know, to get, you know, she's still here. She didn't give up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She got up and she, what is she doing? So I was looking forward to hearing that part of it. Like there's life after her, this yeah, pain. Would have yeah. to keep moving. Yeah. Where, you know, not so much forward, but well, just Well, and keep I think moving. too, we were still in a position where we were like, how do we get rid of this pain yeah. versus how do we work through this pain? Mm-hmm. You know, we were looking for a solution. Yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah. And just saying, well, you should be beyond this or get over it. It's like, what the, what? 
what did she just say? And why does she think it's okay to say that? Maybe she forgot what it was like when you first. Mm -hmm. when and first what was she or? specifically referring to when she said it? Was she was talking about grief? Was she talking about pain? Was she talking about Well, she about, didn't specify. Like, I think yeah. she just said no. those words. It's time to get over it. Yeah, I. but it wasn't like. Because I don't remember being super offended. Like <laughs> <laughs> she, But see, Jessica doesn't. No. <laughs> we should just not have her in this episode. <laughs> she, yeah, because she's, she sees all the good in people. And I think for us, <laughs> to be honest with you, we're just like. Everybody's a sneaky pee. Uh -huh. They're gonna try to throw something at I it. I don't that trust they think nobody. Yeah, it's gonna make everything okay, and uh -huh. it's not. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, there was something about her demeanor, though. Like I think what you both are saying are correct. Like I remember that incident. <laughs> I'm saying it's an incident. And her demeanor was different in that, like, I appreciated that she's been through it. She came in, I think she offered some level of, you know, solace and peace in it and saying, you know, like, I've been there. I know what you guys are going through, but you'll get over it, you know, and she was speaking in like absolutes almost like this is going to be temporary and then you're going to move about it. And then mom, of course, was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Come again? Uh -huh. What do you mean? Over what? What, do you what do you mean? mean? Yeah. And, and then it was kind of like an attack, I want to say. And I was just like watching ping pong, ping pong, you know, like she <laughs> say something. And what did, you know, yeah, it was it was dangerous to say the least. <laughs> but I didn't leave that group feeling better. She wasn't invited back. No. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't want to come back, I don't think. Not with these two. <laughs> these three. <laughs> yeah, we're we're a whole different kind of beast. But yeah, there was something about it that just rubbed me the wrong way. She made it seem like we weren't in the right space where we should be. And it was like, you know, that's not fair. That's not fair because everybody grieves their own way. Everyone's going to process things very differently. Mm -hmm. And it's not fair that like, great for you that you've come out of it on the other side and you're doing so wonderful. Awesome. But don't give us grief. <laughs> no pun intended. Don't yeah. give us grief because we're not there yet. You know, like give us some time, give us some space to actually process and to get through these moments and this experience. But we have to do that on our own. You know, this isn't something that like mom can do for me. I have to do the work, but I don't feel like she offered any value with you know, reinforcing that this is going to be a work in progress. And it was just like almost judgmental that we were just in this space versus where she was. And it just, yes. it didn't, it wasn't beneficial or valuable in my opinion. You don't clearly remember that at all. I, I just don't think it, like, it didn't get me angry, you know? You don't get angry, stupid. I, I do get angry. <laughs> she just called me stupid. <laughs> don't sit here pretending you're angry. I you're not angry. angry. <laughs> she has other things that she gets angry about now. Oh, but, shit. But I think we should all be in a place of, of peace like she is. I know. Stop <laughs> it. It's okay. For me, I still feel like I'm looking for somebody to punch. Because uh, I still blame. I still, like, what's her I name? Still from Still Magnolias. Oh, yeah. Hit it hard. Yeah, that was yeah. awesome. Weezer. We. <laughs> And I think Jess is in a place where she feels like there isn't anybody here that's to blame. There yeah. really isn't. Yeah. And we had talked about in the earlier, one of the earlier episodes of the doctor saying, you know, if my daughter were to have cancer, I'd want her to have this one. And we, well, I backtrack a little bit when Jess was like, he wasn't an idiot. He just 
(laughs) (laughs) With the information he had, it was, you know, but I mean, it still bothers me today because like he couldn't have known, granted, he couldn't have known. I shouldn't have called him an idiot. Yeah. Yeah. But this is hindsight's 2020. Right. And I think in the moment he probably, like you said, it offered us hope that this was something that she can come out of, that she would be cured from, she'd be fine. Yes. I think even early on, he had said the only side effect of this particular cancer was she wouldn't be able to have kids. And I was like, well, fuck, I'll freeze my ovaries. She can have mine. I don't plan on doing anything with mine, right? So, (laughs) but like all of that in hindsight was dumb to say, but in the moment, it was probably something that we held on to for strength to get us through. That's true the journey yeah especially in the beginning Mm because we're like okay she's gonna be fine like her chances are like superb yeah Yeah. any other ones the only one that i can think of right now is like when i was told if you're angry at god it means you still believe and he'll be there waiting for you when you're done it was at the time i thought it was a dumb thing to tell me because i don't give a shit about anything right now but afterwards it was one of those things that I it kept in my mind and it was like the best thing that he could have said to me and even the person that said that there's a plan I thought that was still mean that he's in my life because I actually felt like he forgot about us he forgot about my family forgot about me forgot Mm. about the baby I just thought where is he where is he right now? Mm. I mean, but I think that's a great concept, which is we talked about things that were painful to hear. What were some things that people said that you felt like, thanks, like that was good. I appreciate that. The one that I had already said, though, was the one that keep in mind, she picked you to be her grandmother. But that's along the process of a life plan. And it took me a while to get to the point of accepting the fact that I didn't have a choice or it wasn't about me it was about her life plan and it made me feel a little bit better to think that I chose to be part of the support team for her if I couldn't do it for her if I couldn't take this cancer away or I mean if she was standing in line if I knew she was standing in line to get cancer when she was four I would have pushed her out the way so it's it's the concept of her like pre-life saying hey I choose to have this life lesson who's on board yes and we're like Dang it. Okay, fine. And Count me in. Right. You and know? everything goes against what I believe. I didn't listen to anybody that talked about life plans or what is that about, you know, but I at the because of it, I started looking into that. But, but it definitely shifts the perspective from victimization to almost honorable choice. Yeah, it does do that. And that helped me a little bit to get through this cancer journey, to think that we chose to be with her and be support her, support you guys, all of you guys. So. Definitely for me, the same along the same lines with what mom said was, you know, getting to a place. And I don't think it was somebody that said something. I think it was stuff that I was reading, but getting to a place where it felt like it was more of a choice versus a, this happened to me. Instead of a punishment. Oh. Because that's what yeah. you felt. So, at yeah. So I it wasn't felt. somebody said something that made me feel better, but me reading it and understanding that perspective created a different mindset for me to go, okay. So this is something that I chose for some reason versus Mm. this is something bad that happened to me for some reason. I think to answer your question, I think it's a great way to close this episode out is with the things that you appreciated that people said to you. And one of them, which I think is most important, is that people would say, let me know if you need anything. I appreciated food. (laughs) Well, that's true, too. (laughs) 
Go ahead, Jess. Speak a little more about all of the food you got. No, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. <laughs> no, it was just, you know, and that all plays into the same, you know, theme of like, you forget to eat, you know, you taking care of a sick child is your priority. You come maybe third or fourth, depending on what else you've got lined up. So you're own self-care, you know, I'm sure was neglected at times. And so for others to be able to provide you food, the basic necessities was much appreciated. But I think when someone would say, let me know if you need anything, even if you don't mean it, it's okay. If you say it though, like we probably won't take you up on it. Like it's just something, you know, that you're supporting from a distance because for the most part, these kids being sick, you can't really have many visitors because of the chance of, you know, Mm -hmm. spreading germs and getting them sick when their immune system is compromised. So it's really just the thought that counts in that moment, right? In those moments of saying, you know, let me know if you need anything or give me a call if you just want somebody to listen. I think that was another one too. And I Googled the lyrics of what that song actually says. It says, sometimes the greatest way to say something is to say nothing at all, 100%. And I had mentioned this earlier that like, you don't really understand some things might be a trigger for the person that's listening. It could, you know, it just be sensitive. And sometimes it's just nice to not say anything. And that's okay if you don't say anything. And I think that's better than saying something and then you regretting it or it being hurtful and you didn't intend it to be. So in line with that, though, the support saying, you know, if you need anything, it was great. If I can do anything for you, that's great. Let me know when, you know, you want to get the kids together just to get away for a day that I'm sure you appreciated that. Like, let me know if you want to do a meetup, which takes away from, you know, everyday cancer journey. And are there any other things that you can think of that you appreciated for people to say? Yeah, I think pre, you know, her passing away, it was, you know, if somebody said, I'm sorry, you know, it was kind of like, I don't want to, I don't need, I don't want your sorry, oh. you know, <laughs> but. Oh, so it, was that stupid? No, <laughs> no, but. She had a stupid one. No, <laughs> no, but like, if it was like, yeah, something that I didn't have to focus on, you know, chemo and this and that, hey, do you want to meet up at the park or, you know, hey, you guys want to go do this or, hey, you want to go do that? Still having some type of normalcy of living life, you yeah. know, was nice. But I would say post her passing, the I'm sorry was okay. Like, I'm sorry this happened, you know? And I think for people, it's like, if you don't know what to say, then say it, you know? I don't know what to say, but I'm here for you. That's great. Yeah, mm-hmm. there were some people that would say, like, I don't I don't have words, but know that I'm thinking about you and hope that everything's okay with you. And that all goes in line with just don't say anything. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what else? Anything else you can think of? I don't think so. Well, this wasn't as hot, fiery topic that I thought it was. Y'all are duds <laughs> when it came to it. I thought you would have a lot more of experiences with people saying stupid shit. But oh, I'm sure there's been more. Yeah, and you like, just can't think about it right now. Yeah, I'm sure it'll pop up in another episode. But it wasn't episode. significant enough to where you don't have to think about it, which is great. Yeah, yeah that's true. But just be, I would say, just be mindful that people are going through things and dramatic experiences that you will know nothing about and just be kind to one another, you know, and it, and if it means, well, because I'm sure we've probably said a gazillion things on here already that were super offensive to somebody. somebody. (laughs) So we will do a blanket apology for any of things that we may have said, Um, all of my curse words that probably offended somebody talking negatively about religion and a God. I'm sure I'll get hate 
hate mail for that, but it wasn't our intention. No, we're just sort of providing, you know, our experience and our perspective about it and, and just trying to be honest and true so that you guys can resonate with it or, you know, go, no, nope, I'm not there. Yeah, or yeah. Not. Yeah. yeah. So that's cool too. All right. If nothing else for this episode, we'll go ahead and wrap this one up. Sounds good. Thank you for sharing your thoughts about that. I'm still Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> She was real Congratulations, close up to the microphone Mom. on that one. Congratulations on that one. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you. We will continue our grief journey on the next one. Love you.